Acts chapter 2, that's where we're going to be out of this morning, the big book of Acts. We're, we're looking today into, the, of course, the effect of the Holy Spirit. If I were to entitle this sermon, that's exactly what I would entitle it. And in fact, I have, which if you wish to go back at some other time to listen to this, you can go to our website. We do post these uh, in audio format. But in the book of Acts, we see the, the effect of the Holy Spirit, how he speaks to our heart. And it doesn't, it's not just like we hear something, but it changes us, right? Like when the Holy Spirit speaks to our hearts, we're, we're no longer the same. In other parts of scripture, we read where we are new creatures in Christ. And as we think about that today, you and I are here in this place. I mean, we might as well listen to the Spirit. Amen. If we're here today, may we listen to the Spirit. May He affect everything that we do in our lives. And, and, and that effect that happens to you and I today, it's, it's an effect that reaches far outside of our circle or far outside of who we think we may be. It changes us. We're new. And that work that the Lord sends us out by the power of His Holy Spirit, it can change the world. And I, and I want us as a church to grasp that picture. Because a lot of times when people get into the book of Acts, they read it in the wrong way. They may look at it and say, well, that only happened once. It's not happening now. Some people may read this book and, and this is, this is the focus. Tongues is the focus. Healing is the focus. But I believe when we look into the book of Acts, the focus is the fact that the Holy Spirit works through the church. And we are, we are that church today. The Holy Spirit speaks to us. Look at verse one there in chapter two. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire appeared to them and rested each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven, and at This sound, the multitude came together and they were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we each hear them, each of us in our own native languages? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. Ferga and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others mocking said, they are filled with new wine. (laughs) This account's interesting to me because I think a lot of times, and probably by... By far, most of the times I've heard this preached, it's probably been by someone who really doesn't understand tongues or really understand the work of the Holy Spirit in their life. Because it seems like the central focus for a lot of people when they preach this passage is the idea of tongues. And I'm not going to preach about tongues today, by the way. Everybody say amen, okay? This is not what I'm preaching about today because I I don't want to fall into that trap again. Chapter 2 speaks about the work of the Holy Spirit. And I believe historically and in present day, it has become really easy for believers just to say what Scripture does not say. Chapter 2 is not about us seeking only to speak in tongues or seeking only to go out and to, to perform healings 
Chapter two is all about proclaiming the gospel. And God equipped these men with the gift of tongues so that people might know the truth. This was something that the Holy Spirit had done in them. And it's not something that edified themselves either. I know they're mentioned here in chapter two and probably most of us would say, man, I'd like to be in a chapter of the Bible. Most of us, if we were in the chapter of the Bible, we'd be like the Davids or something like that, right? We got the the terrible bad stories. But what tongues is not, it's not what the world focuses on a lot. It's not a self-edifying gift. Everybody say, amen. We don't speak in tongues, so we lift ourselves up. Tongues is also not a sign of higher spirituality. If you see someone who's speaking in tongues, it does not mean that they're closer to God. It's not a prerequisite for salvation. Everybody say amen. It's not by works. I've known a good number of people who believe that if you did not speak in tongues, then you were not saved. I don't, I don't know how they get that. Because salvation is something that comes through faith. And that's it. Nothing else. If not by the grace of God, then none of us would be saved today. Amen. But what the gift is, and I want you guys to think about this for a moment. And this is my story, and I'm sticking to it. It's your pastor speaking this morning, right? What does Daniel believe about tongues? I believe that tongues is a gift from God. I believe it can exist even today. But what I do believe about tongues is that it's not for any of those things that I just mentioned, but it is for the advancement of the gospel, period. That's the reason. I've been to churches before, and everybody's just speaking in tongues, and nobody has an interpreter. You know, I'm kind of like, okay, keep your secrets, I guess. I don't know. If you're not going to tell me, if there's not going to be an interpreter for these words, then, then go ahead and keep it to yourself, I suppose. What, what good is a gift that no one understands? And the gift of worship, people can sing along, and you can worship Christ too. And, and the gift of, of, of speaking the word of God, we can be a group who in unity grow together. So the Holy Spirit, as we see in, in Acts, it's not just about tongues, right? I promise I'm going to move on from tongues because that's not what the point of the sermon is today. Because in the book of Acts, we see 59 times the Holy Spirit mentioned. 59 times. You think that's significant? I mean, if God did not want us to know anything about the Holy Spirit or to believe in the Holy Spirit, because a lot of us Baptists are scared of the Holy Spirit, right? It's, it's this fact that the Holy Spirit is mentioned 59 times because it is so, so needed in our lives. The Holy Spirit is something we must all have. It must be something that we all have in our lives. In fact, we cannot be saved without the Holy Spirit's call to begin with. And some people, they may look at this book and they say, well, you know, Acts was different. This was the, this was the first century church, right? It's different. Stuff that happened in here is not going to happen again. Well, I don't, I don't know that I really believe that either. I mean, we could take it one way or the other. We could say, well, Acts is a, a one-off type thing or Acts is something that happens, you know, and the reason it happens is so we can speak in tongues and sound all holy and dance around in the aisles. No, the book of Acts is here because I believe this is the one book in Scripture where we see the picture of what the church is supposed to look like. I look at the church in America today and don't understand, I'm not picking on McLeod, by the way, okay? But maybe I am a little bit. But the church that I see here in the book of Acts, it is not the same book that I see in most of the churches today. It's not the same. 
Not the same at all. But we look at churches today. We're, we're so intent that we have to have specific music styles. We have to have certain types of pews. We have to have the temperature at a balmy 72 degrees, right? It has to be just right. Not too hot, not too cold. It has to be that perfect porridge. That's what we want in our lives. But church, what I want you to understand today is that the church historically and in the book of Acts was a church that was led by the Holy Spirit. As your pastor I know the Lord puts people in the leadership, but I pray that more than anything that I'm led by the Holy Spirit. Not by the wisdom of Daniel. I'm I'm not all wise. I'm not all knowing. But what I do know is that the Holy Spirit is all powerful. And the Holy Spirit can equip us to go forward. And again, the book of Acts is not about speaking in tongues and dancing a little Irish jig in the aisle. That's not what the Holy Spirit is about. The Holy Spirit is about you being able to come to God and then being able to advance the gospel. That's what the Holy Spirit is about. And we see that as throughout the rest of the book. We see God moving through people. The Holy Spirit's mentioned way more times than the word tongues is, or miracle even. Because the Holy Spirit works in the lives of believers to go out and to do the work and the goodwill of God. The goodwill of God. John Newton, he, he says this, he says, is it really true that that which the early church so depended upon, the leadership of the Spirit, that it is irrelevant to us today? Do you think the Holy Spirit is not as relevant to us today as the first century church? I would have to say no. It's equally. We need the Holy Spirit just as much as they did. Too much of the time we walk by our own accord. We, we walk by our own traditions instead of walking by, well, Spirit, what do you want today? What is it that you want? What do you want me to do, Holy Spirit? Would you lead me? Would you fill this place? And in just a couple verses here this morning, I want you guys to look from verses 2 through verses 5, we see a clear definition of some key characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Now, you guys ready for this? This is good. I want you guys to stick with this, right? Because I know, I know, man, all preachers preaching about the Holy Spirit. Is he going to start speaking in tongues? Nope, I'm not. Well, I mean, unless the Spirit falls on me, then I might. Then there'll be an interpreter. Then there'd be an advancement of the gospel. Okay, that would happen in that order. But the Holy Spirit today speaks to our heart so that we may understand and we may know him more. The first thing I would say about the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit arrives suddenly. Everyone say Suddenly. Now, Pat, you may be saying, Pastor, what do you mean by suddenly? Well, there in that verse, it says that suddenly there came a sound from heaven, right? Suddenly. Now, when I think of suddenly, I think of fire truck. When I think of suddenly, I think of three-year-old running for the door, right? There's a purpose. There's a destination. And there's a reason. The Holy Spirit didn't just come for no reason. The Holy Spirit came from the direction of God, the Father himself, with a purpose, suddenly. I can't help but think, you know, Jesus spoke to his disciples earlier on in the Gospels, and he said, hey, one of these days, there's going to be someone that's going to come for you, right? You guys don't have to worry about being alone. I'm going to send a comforter. And then just there in chapter 1, we see that Jesus is saying that to them again. I'm going to send a comforter. You guys hang out. Wait, wait. I'm going to introduce you to this, this part of my plan. And when the Holy Spirit came, I don't think it was like, oh, I guess I got to go to church now, you know? Do you guys honestly think that the Holy Spirit was thinking that day, well, 
There's these people in this upper room. I guess I'll go visit them. I mean, it was suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. And I think that that's where we are losing it in our modern times is that we do not act for God suddenly or with purpose. And really that tells me that most in the church today are not living by the power of the Holy Spirit. That we're, we're kind of just kicking back and we're just doing things on our own. We let opinions, we let, uh, you know, worldviews from, from the nation around us or the culture around us, we allow those things to influence us more than we do the Holy Spirit. So this church, man, they just live by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit alone. They, they, they had nations that were coming after them. They, they, they were people making fun of them here. There were people that were wanting to come and to kill them because they just killed Jesus, remember? Not too long before that, they had just killed Christ. But they walked by the Spirit. And the Holy Spirit arrives suddenly. He arrives with purpose. The Holy Spirit arrives at the will of the Father. It's not something that's conjured up by holy people. That song there is not a conjuring up of the Holy Spirit. It's really just a, a cry from my heart. God, would you come? Like, like I'm ready. My, my heart is open. My eyes are open. Holy Spirit, I want you to work through me. The Holy Spirit arrived suddenly because the Holy Spirit was sent by God. And I believe in the heart of God that there was great joy when that day happens. Pentecost was good for believers, amen? Pentecost was great because now believers are empowered to go forth. And it's an exciting thing for us. When you come to Christ, that's an exciting thing. It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Last, last Thursday night at Falls Creek, we, we went up there because my brother-in-law, he was leading worship for Falls Creek. And we go down and we, we, we're setting through the service. And Austin, I wasn't at Falls Creek last week. But there were hundreds of kids who went down and gave their life to Christ that Thursday night. You know why? Because it's not you, it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit of God that works in the lives of people, and it's with a purpose. The Holy Spirit's not there just to make us feel holy or look holy. The Holy Spirit is there to direct us on purpose as a plan by our God. Billy Graham says that the Holy Spirit illuminates the minds of people. He makes us yearn for God and takes spiritual truth and makes it understandable to us. Makes it understandable to us. The Holy Spirit does some great things in our minds. He, he, he illuminates our minds. Before the Holy Spirit, our minds are dark. And all we care about is the things of this world. We're lost. We're vagabonds. We're without hope. But the Holy Spirit, when he comes... He illuminates all of that. And then he makes us have a yearning for God. Don't, don't act like because you love God that that's something good on you. No, it's good on God himself because he opens our eyes to see the fact that we need him. And that love, that perfect love doesn't come from within, but it comes from God, from God himself. And so he makes us to yearn from God. And then he makes all of this understandable to us. I hear this a lot and people say, well, I don't really read the book of Revelation because I don't understand it. Some of y'all in here may say that too. Well, I don't read the book of Leviticus because I don't understand it, right? I don't read the book of, uh, I don't know, what's a book that nobody understands? Ecclesiastes. Well, that's an uplifting book, is it not? I don't read Proverbs. I sure don't read Song of Solomon. That's a little too provocative for me. But the Holy Spirit speaks through his word to us all today. And we couldn't understand any of it if it were not for the Holy Spirit. Now, here's what I want you to think this morning. 
Whatever you've heard me say, you've looked in the scripture and you've understood, that's not because of Pastor Daniel. It's not because of this church. It's because of the Holy Spirit speaking to your hearts. Man, it's beautiful. Man, it's beautiful. I, I think of the times that I've, I've been, you know, when I was a young person, there's no reason in the world as a kid I should understand that Jesus loves me. I know we sing songs, right? We color, we do all of that, but that's not what leads people to Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit that speaks to our hearts. And I can tell you without a doubt that I have, I have experienced the, that call of the Holy Spirit so strong that I probably shouldn't have understood things, but now I do because the Holy Spirit taught me. How God leads us from one place to another. He leads us from point A to point B. He's led all of us together to meet in this place this morning. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit arrives suddenly, the Holy Spirit arrives with purpose. I don't know about y'all, but I like purpose, don't you? I mean, who wants to go to church? Well, there's no point in today. Sometimes you may go to work and you're like, what was the point in today? <laughs> I've just got to go buy gasoline now. There it goes. We all like purpose in life. And what I want you to understand is that the Holy Spirit brings that purpose. It, it makes it possible for us to go and to live for God. To be that mom, that dad, that grandmother, that grandfather, that, that church member, that missionary, that evangelist. He makes it possible for us to be all of those things that we need to be for him. And he comes suddenly and on purpose. I love in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we read where Paul's writing to the church in, in Corinth. And they had the same questions like you and I today. Understand, this is, that, this is that first century church. This is that church that's going out, right? And Paul's writing to Corinth, and he's like, listen up, guys. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11, he says, and such were some of you. What, what was he saying? He was saying, well, you're a bunch of basically worthless sinners. And he says, as such were some of you, but you were washed. Everybody say washed. And you were sanctified. Say sanctified. And you were justified. Everybody say justified. Now listen. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we all say amen to that. And by the Spirit of God. We're really quick to say, man, I asked Jesus into my heart, right? But have we invited the Holy Spirit? Have we sought the Holy Spirit in our lives? I don't know about you guys. I want revival in this church. Do you guys too? I want, I want big things to happen, not for Daniel's name. I don't care if we make the Baptist messenger or not about it. That'd be cool. And I have some contacts and it will happen, but no, I'm just kidding. But, but the thing is, is that I, that's not the reason for doing all of this, right? It's, it's not to, to make Daniel's name bigger or your name bigger. It's not so you can say, well, man, I go to First Baptist and everybody's like, ooh, you go to First Baptist. That's awesome. The reason that we do all of this is that God is glorified. That's the whole reason that people might know Jesus. If you know Christ today and you are living by the power of the Holy Spirit, that fundamentally changes the way you think and you ought to desire that other people know the same God the same way. I want that for my town. I want that for people that, that may come to this church and they don't really understand or they're not truly following like they should. I want people to know Christ in that way because again, the Holy Spirit is as it's as much a part of the salvation process as the Father and the Son. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. 
because we've been sanctified. We've been set apart as sacred. And that purification that happens in us, it doesn't happen right away. Are we going to be perfect in our lives? Are we going to be just, you know, the, the perfect saint when we accept Christ? We're not. There's going to be things that, ha- that come up. There's going to be things we say, things we do that we shouldn't, that we wish we wouldn't have done. But when you've been sanctified, you've been set apart, and now the Holy Spirit works through you to perfect you until that day when it all is done, when the process is complete. And this is an important process for the believer, that we leave behind the old, that we become a new person. And it's a daily process. Daily, you need to be reaching out and saying, Holy Spirit, fill me today. Holy Spirit, let me be mindful of those opportunities I have to reach out to people around me. Holy Spirit, allow me to be mindful of your will in my life for today. Because honestly, I think probably most of us walk around and it's not like we're terrible sinners. We're not going out here and shooting up neighborhoods, right? We're not going out here and stealing things. But here's what we might be doing. We might be just walking around just being lazy and pitiful. When honestly, we're to walk in power and by the Spirit of God. That we're walking by the Spirit of God. I think it's awesome when you, when you put yourself in a position to go on a mission trip. And everybody always says this about mission trips. When you go on a mission trip, it's like every day you see God move. Or when you go to church camp, it's like every day you see God move. Or when you put on a vacation Bible school, every night you see God move. I mean, one year at our vacation Bible school, one of our teachers that was teaching kids about Jesus got saved. Whoa! Like they come and got me and they're like, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's wanting to give her life to the Lord. And I'm like, wait, what? She was teaching little kids about Jesus just a few minutes ago and now she's needing Christ. When I went to talk to her, I said, Hey, what's up? What's going on? And she said, the Holy Spirit told me I need to get saved. That I need to get real. Walking in the Spirit comes when we acknowledge it every day. Don't live as a Democrat or Republican or an American or an Ethiopian or whatever it is you want to live as today. Don't live as a Dallas Cowboy fan unless they're winning. <laughs> unless they're winning, right? Don't live as a Cubs fan, which I am. But we're not identified by those things, right? We live in a day and age where it's all about identity. What do you identify as? What, what political party are you? What, what nationality are you? Are you a, a liberal? Are you a conservative? Are you gay or are you straight, Right? It's everywhere you go. Do you like cranberry sauce or not, right? We have these like identifiers that we're like, this is me and this is you and now we're going to fight. Within the Southern Baptist Convention, there are people, they will argue over anything. Preachers of God. I'm a part of some pastors groups and I kind of watch it because it's like watching like a car wreck or something, you know, you just got to look at it and then you got to look at it again. Then you got to look at it again. You're like, well, what is going on here? But so many in that group, it saddens my heart that people who believe in a God who wants us unified, all they can do is argue because they live not by their unification and their identification in Jesus through the Holy Spirit, but they live by man-made religious affiliation. Church today, I'm glad that we're FBC McLeod. Aren't you guys glad to be part of FBC McLeod? I love this place. I was up here last night, 10 o'clock at night. I was praying over these seats. I was like, God, just speak to hearts. 
Like, I, I think there's a lot of us in here that we want to see God move, that what we sang earlier, that that's what we want. We understand that, that the goodness of God is like honey coming from a rock. Like, we understand that, right? We understand that it's the blood of Jesus that saves us. We understand that there's victory in Jesus. We stop short and we, we don't say, Holy Spirit, come on. Holy Spirit, use me today. Some days, Austin, it's easier when we're up here in the office working. It's easier just to sit and talk about goofy stuff, right? But what we should desire, what you and I should desire, is not just picking on Eileen, even though that's fun. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> There's like a strong like belief system back there that it's fun to pick on Eileen. But beware if you pick on Eileen. She bites, okay? She, she's going to come back at you. I told Eileen last week, I was like, I'm just ready to be back in office because we were gone for camp and all that. I'm ready just to be back here, right? Sweet, sweet fellowship that comes to the Holy Spirit. I'm encouraged every day by just being in the office because we're all here for the same reason. It's to see the Holy Spirit work. It's to see God work. And that Spirit, He comes suddenly. And also that Spirit is complete. Do you need completeness in your life today? Man, we do. We're always trying to complete our life, right? Here's what the world does in trying to complete their life. They want the best vehicle, the best house, the best food, right? That's what people want. They want this in their life. And I'll tell you something, you only find completeness through Christ by the work of the Holy Spirit. That's it. You're not going to have it anywhere else. It's not going to come by anything else. It's only through the Holy Spirit because at one time we were seeking the things of the world, but now we've been justified, sanctified, washed in the name of the Lord Jesus by the work of the Holy Spirit. And I love that. So beautiful. So the Holy Spirit, he came with a purpose. And today he comes with a purpose. He comes with completeness. You and I need completeness in our life today. You know, it's like that movie back in the, was it 90s or 2000s? You complete me, right? We, we need to really have a, like a come to Jesus meeting and say, you know what, Jesus, I've tried on my own, but the only thing that completes me is you. That's it. The only thing that completes me. And it's not just Jesus and it's not just the Father, but it's the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It's, it's all of it. We need that whole trinity of God alive and at work in our lives. We need that in our lives so much because that's the complete picture when we talk about the Holy Spirit, when we talk about Jesus, when we talk about God the Father, it's all part of the plan. It's all part of the uh, the equation so that you and I can be saved. You're not going to be saved by listening to Daniel preach. But you will be saved by the words that you hear from the Word of God. You will be saved by the, the call of the Holy Spirit that's saying, hey, get right. Clarify that. Get that, get that fixed through Jesus. And it's complete. It's complete. The Holy Spirit, the last thing I would say about that little passage of Scripture, because we're reading through there, you know, it's like the, it came suddenly. There was a mighty rushing wind that, that just filled the entire room. That completeness. Then the tongues show up. Yup. And it says, and they were all filled in verse 4. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit arrives not just in completeness, but the Holy Spirit empowers all believers. Everybody say all, right? The Holy Spirit's not just for the spiritual elite. 
There's a, there's a lot of uh, like television preachers, right? I can think real uh, particularly about some word of faith teachers who, you know, I, I've been to their services just because I'm curious. My dad, we used to go to these like uh, these Holy Ghost revivals just to witness it, you know, just to see what was going on. We we went several years ago to a church called Crossroads Cathedral in Oklahoma City. Okay, great church. They they preached the gospel, but at the time they were having this revival. We're, and it was called a, a Holy Ghost revival. And we're like, well, I want to go experience that, you know? And so we go to this revival and we're sitting on the back pew. And I kid you not, there are women and men in the aisle who are walking around like chickens and crowing. I'm like, I don't know if I'll, that sounds like the bird flu or something. You know, it's kind of weird. We're watching this and we're like, what is going on? And, and there was at one point, this lady came over to my dad and I, and she laid hands on us and she started praying, the Lord's going to prosper you in all your ways. You're going to come in to a great deal of money. You know, it's just like praying those types of things over us. I'm thinking, is this really what the word of God teaches about the Holy Spirit? Is this really it? Bruce, I remember your grandpa talking about going to a Benny Hinn thing years and years ago, and he went down because he needed some healing in his life. And he's like, you know what? Maybe the Holy Spirit will work through Benny Hinn. <laughs> He said he went down there and Benny Hinn hit him once and hit him twice. And the only thing he left with was a headache. He didn't go down there for anything else, but it, and he ended, ended up leaving with a headache. He's like, well, God, I guess that's not, that's not real. We need to be quick to test spirits, right? To test what's going on around us. There's a lot of spirituality out there. There's a lot of teachings. There's a lot of things that people are saying that the Bible simply does not say. And what I read about the Holy Spirit today in like just five verses, four verses, we see a clear picture of who the Holy Spirit is. And guys, the thing is, is that he empowers all people. It's all of us. How is revival going to happen in McLeod? It's when you and I just say, you know what, Holy Spirit, we, we're just, we're in united. We're in one place and we want your spirit to work through all of us, not just some people. The Holy Spirit, again, it's, He's not just for the elites. The Holy Spirit's for us all. And if it weren't for the Holy Spirit, we wouldn't even know the deep depravity of ourselves to come to Christ to begin with. We'd just keep sinning. We'd keep digging that hole. We'd keep towing that rope. That's all we'd do. But thanks be to God, the Holy Spirit does come. The Holy Spirit does speak. I can remember if I was to give a testimony about hearing the Holy Spirit. I remember as a kid hearing the Holy Spirit in Sunday school, of all places. And I was always a deep theological thinker. And I, just something I, you know, I just always was. I'm just kidding, by the way. But I was always this deep theological thinker. And I remember um, uh, there were, we had, uh, I had a Sunday school teacher. Her name was Charlene. And, and Charlene was preaching about hell. I know, in Sunday school, that's scary, right? But she's, she's teaching about hell and how you need to trust in Jesus so you just don't go to hell. And I was like, well, what, what if you mess up or something? And at that time, I was really thinking, you know, salvation is by works. And so I'm thinking that way. And I'm like, well, what if something happens? She says, well, if, if that happens, then you go to hell. If you don't have Jesus, then you go to hell. Like, she just didn't, didn't sugarcoat it at all. I'm like, good night, Charlene. I'm like, I'm five years old. So I'm sitting there thinking, you know, to myself, like, uh, man, if I go to, what, what if I go to hell? I remember having like a real sincere fear of going to hell when I was a kid, like scared to death. Like, wait, is that a headache? Am I having aneurysm? Is my heart hurting? If I die right now, will I go to hell? I had those like types of fears as a kid, right? But then a light bulb 
went up. I was like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. She's like, what's that? She's, I said, well, if I die, then I'm going to have them bury a air conditioner with me. And if I go to hell, I can just turn that air conditioner on and everything will be just fine. You see what I'm saying? What we try to do by works, that's like the, that's the only thing we can come up with. Which besides the fact, hell, being in hot, heat, fire, brimstone, that's not the worst part about hell. The worst part about hell is that you do not have any closeness to God like was designed to happen. You're separated from God in that sense. God's not, you're not able to have this relationship with God. Years passed by and the Holy Spirit works on me and he corrected the whole air conditioner fallacy. (laughs) It's not going to do any good. Yeah, go ahead and shoot that air conditioner and bury it with you. It's not like the Lord's going to raise that air conditioner alive so that you can uh, have coolness in hell. It's not how this works. Because praise be to God, the Holy Spirit comes and he empowers us. And I can tell you that he's empowered me and he's empowered you because that's the design. So that we don't believe these fallacies. You don't have to be scared of the book of Revelation. You can get into the book of Revelation and study it and the Holy Spirit teaches you what we need to know. And that as a church of God, we need to quit being a church that says things that God doesn't say and we need to say things that God does say. That needs to be our like our motto, you know, man, we're just, we're going to get into the word of God and whatever it says. And I don't know about you guys, but in retrospect, looking at chapter two, yes, it mentions tongues, but what we see is that these men were advancing the gospel, a directive from God that was complete and that it was available to all those people that were there. All those believers went out and they preached the gospel, every one of them. So today I want you to think about this. God is calling all of us to go forth from this place with a calling that is beyond callings, that it's something that, that, that is just beautiful, that we're able to do it, and it's something God desires. It's a plan of God. It's, it's what God wants you to do. When I, when I accepted the call to, to ministry at 15, you know, I never thought I'd be a preacher in McLeod, Oklahoma. You know, I didn't plan that, right? I for sure didn't think I was going to be a preacher in Porham, Oklahoma. Like, that was what, why, why, maybe I lived in Moore, so like maybe I might live in McLeod, right? But why would I move to Porham of all places? God uses us and he moves us where we need to be because it's on purpose, it's complete, and it's for all of us. The Holy Spirit wants to work in your life. I think we forget this point. Because we can imagine Jesus like dying on the cross thinking about us, right? Or we think about God who loved us so much that he sent Jesus. Like those are really easy concepts for us to think about. But have we ever really in our heart of hearts thought, man, the Holy Spirit wants to be with me. The Holy Spirit wants to fill me. The Holy Spirit wants to work through me. I believe the Holy Spirit's desire is the same as the Father and the Son. He wants to work for us. He desires. He he looks at FBC McLeod and he's like, man, it's really cool that you allow me to move in some areas, but I want to be able to move in all areas of all ministries of this church. Every area. Most churches, and I'm seeing it in the SBC today, they're more quick to allow the devil to move in their church than they will the Holy Spirit. I'm going to say that again. 
Most churches let the devil move easier than they do the Holy Spirit. If we're a church member or if we're a believer and we come to church and all we can do is nitpick, if all we can do when we come to church is look for a, you know something to go wrong, something to gripe about, if all we can do is criticize the people around us, basically what I'm saying is if all we can do is come and be like the rest of the world is right now, we're missing the points. And it goes back to what we read in the epistles where we need to come together in unity. Amen? As a church, this, this is where we come. And that, that focus point as we come together is Jesus Christ who came to die for our sins based on the intense love of the Father and through the call of the Holy Spirit. Guys, we should desire the Holy Spirit in our lives. And I know, man, sometimes we just, we, the Lord does stuff in spite of us. I believe that, right? God can use us even though sometimes we're just dumb. Sometimes we just don't know. So he uses us anyways, right? Yeah, it's happened to me a whole lot, a whole, whole lot, right? That stuff just happens. I'm like, well, I didn't know that. But God uses us sometimes in those ways. But honestly, desires, believe that he desires that you and I, we quit drinking the milk and we get into the meat of the word. That we live like spiritual powerhouses. Because I, I refuse to believe that what we see here in the book of Acts is just a one-off. It's just something that's like, oh, it happened once and we, it's not going to happen again today. I, I believe that this is a, a map to how the Holy Spirit works with new believers. It's, how, it's, a, it's a map as to how the Holy Spirit works with believers in the church. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not scared of the Holy Spirit. When I was a kid, they always called him the Holy Ghost. That's not, I guess, it's not PC now, right? You don't say the Holy Ghost. That makes it sound all scary. Well, it kind of does. I'll, I'll give you that. But the Holy Spirit of God, right? He's, he's part of all of it. When, when Jesus was baptized, do you remember where like the, the Trinity was present there, right? Jesus goes into the water and you hear a voice that says what? This is my beloved son. In him who am I, I'm well pleased, right? And then, then you see this dove float down. And the Holy Spirit, it says, come down like a dove. You see the Trinity in that one picture, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Those people all saw that. And I believe most of them didn't understand for a while because they're still following Jesus saying, well, when are we going to set this new kingdom, Jesus? When are you going to throw the Romans out of power? When is this going to happen? When are you going to establish the, the Davidic throne? When's this going to happen? And Jesus is just like, wait for the spirits. Wait for the spirit. And then suddenly the Holy Spirit came <laughs> and he's there. And these people are like, whoa, I got a tongue of fire above my head. I don't really know what that means, but that's what we're seeing. Which by the way, I don't know what that means either, but that's what it says. And so I'm going to go with what the scriptures say, right? It says that that heavenly sound came and a mighty rushing wind and it filled the entire house. And divided tongues as a fire appeared to them and rested on each one of them. What that tells me is that for most people within the church today, we're in the military, but we're just sitting home on the couch. We're a part of the army. We've been given everything that we need to be equipped to go forth, but we're just kind of kicking back. 
The work of the Holy Spirit doesn't work like that. We, we need to be a people who say, you know what, God, I, I desire this. I want you to work within me. I've read a lot of Francis Chan, and he's got a book called Forgotten God, and he's just some brilliant thoughts that he has in this book about the Holy Spirit, you know? Because everybody, again, we like the Holy Spirit at a distance. Jesus, oh yeah, come hug me, Jesus. God, yep, give me five. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we're kind of scared of him. But he says this about the Holy Spirit. He says, the world is not moved by love or actions that are of human creation. You realize you could be nice to everybody in this world, and they're still going to be mean to you? People are always going to come against you saying things. That's just, that's just this world, right? You know, that's just, that's just thing, how things work. You can go up to a stoplight, let's say like a four-way, and everybody else got there after you, but you can do this thing, and they'll still honk at you and say, get out of the way. That's how people are. There's always going to be like things that come our way, that, that come our way. We can love this world from right here. It'll never be enough. He goes on, he says, the church is not empowered to live differently from any other gathering of people without the Holy Spirit. It's, it's the Holy Spirit that empowers us, which tells me that you and I need to be a church that's, that we're a church of the word, right? We're a church of the book, and that we're a church of prayer, and that we're a church that says the Holy Spirit lead us. I believe God's doing great things here. And what that means to me and again, I'm not picking on us. Don't, don't take it that way. But I am saying this. I think that God's going to do great things, but you and I need to be getting close to the Holy Spirit right now. Because when the time comes, we need to be ready. Don't you agree? Man, not just like, hey, well, we got to go to church or I got to do this or I got, no, we come together and we say, Lord, we want to be ready now for whenever that harvest happens. I've got friends who farm. You know, they do hay, they do, you know, crops and things of that nature. They will, they may spend all year working on their tractor so that when the time comes to harvest, they're ready to go. In church, what I believe we've been given right now is an opportunity to get our tractors ready. We've been given the opportunity to get ready because I believe that God wants to use us. So we have to be a church that focuses on the Holy Spirit in, in such a way. It's not like, well, we don't speak in tongues or, or dance or do all that. I mean, sure, God may use that at some point in our life, which, by the way, I don't want to talk about it this morning, but I have seen the actual biblical way of tongues in society happen, right? Evangelism happening through this gift that nobody understands, and we're all just like, wow, and then people come to the Lord. That was awesome. But the work of the Holy Spirit is bigger than that. And I believe, and I want you guys to catch this, if we're reading, while we're reading through this book of Acts, understand that Acts is so much bigger than just the acts of people as far as tongues or whatever. It's really, they, they call it the acts of the apostles, but it's the acts of the apostles through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's all throughout this book. And I, I want us to be a church that, that we don't deny that. That we don't deny that. Francis goes on, he says, the church cannot help but be different because of the Holy Spirit. We'll say that one more time. The church cannot help but be different because of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say amen to that. We, we should be different. You know, I, I thought about this several times. A couple weeks ago, a, few, a month or so ago, some lady tried to drive through our building next door. Y'all remember that? That was fun. 
And Joe, he's back there. He's like, hey, preacher, get down there and fix that socket. And I'm like, all right. So I get down there and I grabbed one wire and another and it lit me up. You know, Holy Spirit, woo! <laughs> I told Joe, I was like, you about heard me speak in tongues and I don't mean good tongues either, right? <laughs> so I do not like being shocked. But a lot of times we, we, we look at this idea that the Holy Spirit doesn't really have to change who we are. That, that electric running through my veins, it kind of lit me up. And, you know, I was like, woo. The Holy Spirit changes who we are. We can't have the Holy Spirit in us and we're still walking around like, like sleepy Christians, tired Christians, mad Christians, depressed Christians. And you know what I mean? We, we need to be walking around by the joy of the Lord, right? Instead of coming to church and just being like, oh, we're at church again. I hope Daniel, I hope he's quiet because we got to get down to Mama Tina's or wherever, right? Got to get down to Sonic because they're doing a, a burger special there or something like that. Got to go to Henson's. They spell it wrong, but it's a really good burger, right? The church cannot help but be different. And the world cannot help but notice. How do we grow spiritually? How, how do churches grow? How do denominations grow? How, how do we, how do we as a church like give the message that we want to give or should give to this community? It's by living by the Spirit of God. That's it. That's what you and I need to be doing today is, is focusing on that. Because here's the thing, the world will notice when we live different than the rest of the world. If we're just a, a church that, man, we just don't, we don't stir the boat, stir the waters, you know, we don't rock the boat, we don't do anything like that. The world's not going to notice that. But if we're out here and we're loving people, whether they want us to love them or not. <laughs> Several years ago, I had, a, I had a lady in a church and um, she didn't like Daniel, okay? I don't know. I, I know it's hard to believe, but, but I, I, she's a member of the church. She'd been there for like 800 years. Like she was there before Jesus was born, but, uh, she was in this church and she did not like Daniel Henson. I don't know why, you know, she just didn't like me. And, uh, every time I saw that woman, I just gave her a big old hug. <laughs> I think they call that heaping coals, Right. But every time I saw her, she just like, uh, she, I, just, I knew she, she was just like, you know, well, she don't want to talk to me. She didn't like me. So I'd just go over to her and I'd be like, oh, you know, come here. I'd give her a hug. And uh, that went on for like 15 years. <laughs> I'm stubborn, by the way. Which, by, if I hug you, that don't mean I don't like you, by the way, okay? <laughs> but I, I, I spent 15 years with this lady. She just didn't like me. Like, she had went to our church and then... Then she didn't. She's like, oh, I'm going to go somewhere else. So she went down the road to another church, you know, Methodist or something. I don't know what she was. But anyway, she went down the road, right? She goes down the road and she's, she's living her life. But um, she was at her house one day and she, she has a stroke. And she's okay. Like, she's fine. They, they were going to transport her eventually to the hospital, but she was just kind of hanging out the house until that could happen. And the one person she called was Daniel Henson. Had her daughter call. And in her home, I hugged her. In her home, I, I felt that the Holy Spirit had corrected some, some things that were different there. Maybe, maybe it was a young punk, Daniel Henson, that caused the problem. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it was just her just being stuck in her ways. Maybe, 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 I don't know. I think a lot of humanness was there. But what I saw was the Holy Spirit that does work that sometimes we just can't even plan. 
and the world cannot help but notice our love for them. Do you, do you love the world today? I mean, I know there's, a, there's an affront on the church today. I agree to that. There's, they're, they're, it's trying to indoctrinate every, every ounce of us. The world has. Jet was watch, or Jaren was watching, um, it's like YouTube the other day, and it's like a kid, you know, kid shows. And, but in between were like videos of, of like alternate, like sexual, um, like lifestyles. And it was like in teaching mode, right? I'm not talking about like some, it was teaching mode that was specifically placed there to teach kids about other ways to identify. I thought, wow, that's, it's that. There is an affront on the church, right? But, but here's the thing. We don't spend our time hating on people that are different than us either. Man, we just live by the spirit and we love people, right? I've seen this time and time again. I've seen people who were adulterers in church. I've seen people that were homosexuals in church. And, and the churches that I were part of, we just love those people. And they heard the gospel. And when Daniel preached about sin, he didn't hold back. Amen. Like I didn't say, I didn't, well, they're here. I'm not going to preach against, you know, adultery. I'm not going to preach against homosexuality. No, I went ahead and preached it if that's what the Holy Spirit was speaking through me that day. But I saw the power of the gospel. I saw the work of the Holy Spirit in those people's lives when they gave up those past lives when they became new creatures in Christ. That's what it's about. That's what it's about, church. And I, and I want us to, to be focusing on that when it comes to who we are because we can't be different because of that Holy Spirit in us and the world cannot help but notice. The world needs that today. If you're, if you're taking notes, write down Galatians chapter 5. Galatians 5, it talks about the fruits of the Spirit. I'm not going to read through these today because of time. But Galatians chapter 5, it's all about like what we're filled with, right? That, that there's something different about you and I today, and it is all by the power of the Spirit. And in verse 25, he says, if we live by the Spirit, guys, if we live by the Spirit, you know, it's the fruit of, fruit, of the, fruit of peace, fruit of joy, there's all these fruits, right? But he says, if we live by the Spirit. Are we going to live by the Spirit, FBC McLeod? I, mean, I pray that everything we do, it's by the Spirit. The, the way that we treat each other, the, the, the way that we have, you know, maybe a business meeting, the way that we have uh, small groups, the way that we have vacation Bible school. Do we, do we do it by the Spirit? I hope we do. I know, I know when I go to like a camp or something, I have to live by the Spirit because sometimes I just, you know, I want to give those kids wedgies and just go on, you know? It's like, man, y'all are just honorary but by the Spirit of God, right? We're able to love people. By the Spirit of God, we're able to do what God desires. We're able to have those fruits of the Spirit that we're not getting involved in the things of this world, but rather we're living by the Spirit because the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And the thing about all those fruits, guess what? It's not against the law. The government cannot do anything to you. They might tax you for it, but they're not going to do anything to you for it, right? You can't go to jail for it. You can't go to jail for being nice to someone. But all that's done by the Spirit. All of it's done by the Holy Spirit. And, and next week, you know, we're kind of seeing these, these, these little pictures of who the Holy Spirit is and, and, and how it really is and what chapter two is really about. But next week, what I love about next week is that we see the Holy Spirit working through a guy who wasn't there. He wasn't a preacher. But all of a sudden he was. 
Something happened. Something changed in our brother's life. And he went out and he preached the gospel. And they record the message for us. How cool is that? You know, it's all written right there. We can see, well, what did, what did Peter say? Here's what he said. And he preached by the power of the Holy Spirit and people come to the Lord. And I believe a lot of the people who were saying, well, they're just drunk. <laughs> I, I love that because you know, a lot of people say, well, you got to be drunk in the spirit. Here's what I do know. People ought to know that there's something different about us. Not that we're necessarily drunk, but man, we should be really happy people because we have every reason to be happy. Amen. We have a reason to be joyful. Even in the worst of times, we, we have the reason because the Holy Spirit is there and he works through us. He comes with a purpose. He comes with completeness. And he comes for all believers. I guess the message today, it's not like an evangelistic message per se, but it's for us believers here today. Are we living by the Spirit? Are we living by the flesh? You can answer that question. I can't answer it for you. But here's what I can say. The desire of the Spirit right now is that you live by the Spirit. We're going to sing a song here in a minute. Our musicians come forward. May we be a church that lives by the Spirit. Amen. Would you bow with me? Lord, we love you and we praise you. Thank you for being such a good and a gracious God. Father, I know that without a shadow of a doubt that, Father, your word is, is speaking to us today so that we can be all that we need to be. But Lord, if it were not for your amazing grace, we would not have any hope today. So we glory in this, Lord. I thank you that we're able to, to study about the work of the Holy Spirit, that, that we're able to be reminded about what it means to live by the Holy Spirit. And so today, God, would you speak to our heart? Lord, that if there are believers here today who have been lukewarm or cold even, God, that today you would make them on fire for you. And Lord, if there's anyone here today who does not know you, Father, I pray that your spirit would speak to them, open their eyes, illuminate their situation. Lord, I pray today that they will believe and repent. Lord, today that they will believe in their heart, that they will confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. And today they will be saved. Lord, whether they're listening right now or at a different time. May your spirit work. Father, move in us today. In your most holy name, amen.